Welcome back to True Patriot Ministries. I'm Chris Algramson. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, today, we're going to continue on with the eight, eighth episode in the series of A Walk with Jesus. And today, we're going to continue our discussion of Jesus's ministry beginning. So this is part two of that. Uh, if you've missed any, please feel free to go back to the website, truepatriotministries.org. You can go to the video page or you can go to the podcast page, either one, and you can uh, watch or listen to whichever ones you've missed and, and catch yourself up. You can also use uh, Roku if you prefer video. You can go to Roku, Vimeo, or, or uh, YouTube. And then you can also go to your favorite podcast app and listen there if you want to listen to the audio. Great things are going on. We're fired up and excited about Prairie Fire Revival. I'll probably mention it in almost every episode that's going on September 28th, October 2nd. Uh, here in the Midwest, it's at the Leavenworth County Fairgrounds in Tonganoxie, Kansas. And the area code here is 66086. And we are expecting thousands of believers, glory to God, from multiple states coming together in one accord fanning the flames of revival and reigniting the body of Christ. And that's the mission. That's the vision of Prairie Fire Revival. So if you're not in Tonganoxie, Kansas, if you're not even in the state of Kansas, don't let that stop you. Book your hotels, book your Airbnbs, your VRBOs, bring your RV, however you're going to get here, however you're going to sleep, come on out and, and see us. So we're going to start Tuesday night. 6.30, probably finish up around 9 or 10 o'clock. And then uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll have a, a 10 a.m. to 12 noon session. And then we'll come back in the evening from 6.30 on. And on Saturday, we'll start at 10 in the morning, and we will probably run till 8 or 9 o'clock that night. So uh, Saturday, uh, here's the intentions, okay? You, you heard what we're doing with the revival, Okay. Now, all week long, we're going to be building for Saturday. Now, we expect miracles all week long. Don't get me wrong, okay? Miracles are going to be happening every day. But Saturday, there should be a culmination of all things, and we should see miracle after miracle after miracle on Saturday. Glory to God. And so we are fired up and excited for this revival. I know this community has been crying out for revival. The Midwest has been crying out for revival. And I do believe, in all honesty, the United States of America is crying out for revival. And so we are fired up, excited about it. As we get closer, and I pay attention to the homepage of the website, truepatriotministries.org, that's where the information will be. As we get closer to the revival, maybe a week out, possibly two weeks out. I don't want to post it too early. We'll have a list of uh, speakers posted, okay? And and I may or may not have the time slots that they're posted. Um, I don't know if I'll get that detailed or not. So at any rate, we're excited to see you come out, welcome you in, and uh, praise God. We're going to have a good time. But back to today's message, the reason we are here, glory to God. Jesus's ministry, part two, beginning, right? So, you know our Bible text. We're starting with John 1, 
verses one through five, it reads, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were created through him and without him, nothing was created that was created. In him was life and the life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Next is John chapter 5, verse 19. We have, then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. And finally, John chapter 8, verse 26 I have many things to say and to judge concerning you. But he who sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. Glory to God. So that's our Bible text for this, for this series. Now we left off with the first cleansing of the temple. So let's back up and let's cover that real quick so we can catch you right up to where we are. In John chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 13 through 22. And it reads, the Passover of the Jews was at hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers sitting there. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. He poured out the changers money and overturned the tables. He said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Now, his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. Then the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us seeing that you do these things? And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I shall raise it up. Then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days? Chapter or Verse 21, but he was speaking concerning the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. Glory to God, that's good. I like that. And, and the audacity of the Pharisees to, to be there and say, um, who are you and by what authority are you cleansing the temple of these sinful things that we are allowing to be done here? Not only allowing, but encouraging, okay? this te The temple was holy. And as I said in the last uh, recording, that was the issue that Jesus took. This was the holy place of God. And yet here they were bringing in livestock to sell. They were bringing in money changers to, to change their money out, right? But they weren't being fair about it. And, and these are unholy acts that they were doing in the temple. And so Jesus was mad. Now, did he act out in anger? No, no. He acted, remember, you got to remember, he said he only does what the father, what he sees the father do. 
And he only says what he hears the father say. So the father told him, cleanse the temple. And he set forth and cleansed the temple. Glory to God. He, he, he sanctified the temple. He made it holy again. And so did Jesus act out in anger? No, I don't believe that he did. Now, let's look at uh, how Jesus was received in Jerusalem. Okay. We're going to go to John chapter 2. And this is verses 23 through 25. And it reads, now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. So I want to make a note here that signs are meant for a witness. Okay. What's a witness do? A witness attracts people to the light. Okay. Or to Jesus. Verse 24, but Jesus did not entrust himself to them because he knew all men and did not need anyone to bear witness of man, for he knew what was in man. Now, if you take a look at Hebrews 4.12, this speaks to what was said right there in that verse. And it says, for the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Glory to God. That's so good. Now, as we move on from here, we're going to run into to, uh, Jesus as he teaches Nicodemus about the second birth. And, and if you're having a hard time following along with the verses, as always, I'll post them to the, the blog page. And they will be there on the website for you. So truepatriotministries.org. And then just go to the blog page. The notes will be there. And uh, so in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. So a couple of notes on this. One, Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. He was a Pharisee and he was a ruler of the Jews. Two, he came by night. And three, he recognized Jesus as a teacher from God. Now, verse three, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born who is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. So he was clarifying to Nicodemus, look, I'm not speaking about being born again in the flesh, but I'm talking about being born again in the spirit. Remember, when Adam fell, it was a spiritual falling. Okay. Spiritually, sin and death came between he and God. That's where that comes in. Okay. So in verse seven, he says, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. 
the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. Glory to God. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Now, Nicodemus said to him, how can this be? Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel, but you do not know these things? So I want to make a point. If he's the teacher of Israel and he's not aware of these things, then there must be in scripture, in prophecy somewhere, things that allude to what he's speaking of. But the Pharisees missed it. Now, verse 11, truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness of what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? 13, no one has ascended to heaven except he who from descended from heaven. Excuse me. No one has ascended to heaven except he who descended from heaven, even the son of man who is in heaven. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of God or the son of man, excuse me, be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish, but may have eternal life for God. So loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is so good. There is so much to this. Now, if you're not familiar with the Old Testament and Moses lifting up the, the serpent in the wilderness, when you're ready, go back and read about that. It's a great, a great witness uh, in the Old Testament about this. And then you can see what Jesus is saying, you can see what Jesus is saying in verse 14, where he says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent, even so must the, the son of man be lifted up, right? And you'll understand that. Now, in verse 16, we see that he is the only begotten son of the father. And then if we believe in him, we shall not perish, but we'll have eternal life. And in verse 17, there's quite a bit here I want you to get. In verse 17, it says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through that the world through him might be saved. So he didn't send him for condemnation, but he sent him for salvation. And verse 18 reads, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Again, if we will honor God and we will honor the things of God, he will honor us. But if we are not going to honor the things of God or honor God himself, he cannot honor us. Okay. And so here, if you're not believing in the name, of the only begotten son of God, then you are already condemned because he tells us in the old Testament, he tells us back in Genesis, look, make a choice. I put before you good and evil. I put before you blessing and cursing. I put before you life and death. 
choose life, choose blessing, right? Choose good. And, and so we have that responsibility of choice, not making a choice is indeed making a default choice to go against God and not for him, because we are born into this world in a sinful nature. And at the age of accountability, by default, we become sinful. And the only way out of that is by making a choice for blessing, a choice for glory to God for good, a choice for life by receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And so that's very, very important. And that's what he's talking about there. And so now we are going on. So verse 19, this is the verdict that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that it may be revealed that his deeds have been done in God. So we see there that men love darkness. And because they do evil deeds, they, they because they sin, because... Whatever it is, whether it's adultery or it, it's addiction or uh, whatever it is, right? Because of that sin, because of a lack of repentance, we already have condemnation on us. And therefore, we, we, we hide in the darkness instead of coming out into the light. And so when we learn to repent, when we learn to come to Christ, when we learn to confess these things to the Lord, uh, we are making that choice to turn around and, and step out of darkness and step into the light. And that's what God wants for us. He would that none be lost. Okay. So that's really good. So next, and, and this is going to end this session, right? This episode. So we're going to go into co-ministry with John the Baptist. And this is John chapter 3, verse 22 to 30. Now it reads, after these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea. He remained with them there and baptized. Now John also was baptizing in Anon towards Salim because much water was there. And people came and were baptized for John had not yet been put in prison. Verse 25. Then a dispute arose between some of John's disciples and the Jews about ceremonial cleansing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan to him, you bore witness. Look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. So some notes here, and I, I did some emphasizing there because I want you to catch something. First, the Jews are, are coming to disturb the works of God. They're not there to help out. They're not really there to look out for the interests of John. Uh, they came to disturb the works of God. Second, they called John rabbi to flatter him. That's not what they called him otherwise. Any other time they were calling him a lot of things, but they weren't calling him rabbi. Okay. and. And then 
they say to him, to whom you bore witness, right? So they knew who Jesus was because they heard Jesus witness of him. And then they tried to make John jealous by saying, everyone is going to him. So see, they came along, they tried to create this animosity between Jesus and John because they just want to destroy this movement, right? This thing that's happening. Glory to God. <laughs> and they couldn't do it. Listen to what John says. Verse 27. This is great. I like his answer. John answered, a man can receive nothing unless it is given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear witness of me that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. Glory to God. So John didn't buy into their deception, right? He knew what they were up to. Verse 29, it continues. It says, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, the joy of mine is fulfilled. So in marriage, you can compare this to the best man. So the best man is not envious of the groom, right? Instead, he is honored for his position and his part. And then John continues, or it continues in verse 30. It says, he must increase, but I must decrease. John knew. John came into the womb filled with the Holy Spirit. And so he was born with the Holy Spirit. He walked with the Holy Spirit his whole life. He knew what was coming. He knew what had to happen. And he knew that Jesus would increase and he would decrease. And he was good with that because he knew his part. He was honored to be a part of what God was doing. No matter what that part was. And, and he didn't bring dishonor to it by allowing envy or jealousy to seep in and poison him glory to god and I, there's a message in there for somebody um, but it's a wonderful thing and so i'm excited about this we're going to continue in the next session with his ministry we're going to see some great things happen uh, we will be meeting uh, or discussing excuse me the woman at the well uh, on the way to samaria We'll start out with that in the next episode. And so I look forward to that. I thank you for being here today. Again, I apologize for this being a day late. Uh, we had some things come up that we had to take care of and it, it just couldn't be avoided. And so uh, look, we love you guys and God loves you. Jesus loves you. Remember that. And he cares for you. And when you, when you walk with the Holy Spirit, Glory to God. When you learn to walk with, and that's what this is, a walk with Jesus. When you learn to walk with Jesus, he's with you all the time. You're never alone. And uh, some of my favorite things in scripture um, are you are the head and not the tail. You're a more, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You're above and not beneath. And you're the victor, not the victim. And it gives you a great place to stand strong, stand on the word of God, stand in faith and, and wield your weapon 
block the fiery arts or the fiery darts, excuse me, or the fiery arrows, depending on the version you're reading it, of the enemy. And uh, yeah, slice and dice with the word of God, which is the sword. So thank you, Lord, for, for letting us be here today. And thank you for joining us today. And God bless.